Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I will be your host this evening. And uh, this is another repeat offenders edition because some people just like to come back on again. Now, joining me tonight from uh, Underestimated Games is Gary Devereaux. So hello again, that Gary. How are you? Hello again, Richard. Thanks for having us back on again, and uh, I'm glad to be a repeat offender, shall we say. <laughs> you'll, get a little, um, you'll get a little parole slip and everything like that when the show finishes. That's what we're doing. We've not moved on to branded yellow or orange jumpsuits yet, but we're, we're kind of considering it. But um, last time we spoke... And it was a little while ago now, if I just look at my way back when clock. Um, we were speaking about your game, um, Purgatory. That's right, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think time has either slowed or quickened, and I couldn't <laughs> tell you when we actually last spoke. Um, I'm going to actually check, because I'm, I'm quite interested. Yeah, so I'm kind of intrigued to know exactly when it was, so I'm just going to flick down my, my list of... Because we've, as you know, we've been doing ridiculously stupid amounts of episodes. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to take a punt. My punt is either, yeah, September or late August. I reckon maybe it maybe. was. Uh, I'm going to guess it was round about the fifteenth of September. <laughs> Oh, it's an amazing guess. I, I, I wonder what the accuracy rate is. I, I reckon that you were on. I think the entire show lasted about one hour and one minute and twenty-two seconds. <laughs> I think that's cheating. That's what, that's what I'm. That's I'm just. A, I mean, it's a guess. I'll need to go back and and check if it's check if it's okay. But the um, <clears throat> the Kickstarter came out. Yeah. The Kickstarter went live, and then you set down the path of. There was a you know some some genuine interest. You set down the path of going towards getting funded. How was the process for you? Because we've spoken to lots of different people now, and some of them have obviously funded with a little bit of spare cash to go. Some of them have funded to the moon and back. What was the kind of what would you say the kind of the whole Kickstarter experience was kind of like for yourself? I think I think if I'm entirely honest, I'll divide it into two. Um, you know, when we when we set out the Kickstarter itself, when we first pressed that button, it just went mad, um, and and we funded within twenty four hours. So we hit our funding target very very quickly, and we realised actually at that point in time that we'd clearly got ourselves a little bit of a following where there was some genuine interest from people in purgatory. Um, There's a lot of chatter about it, uh, a lot of shares, a lot of people just just genuinely um, it was quite a topical thing at the time. Um, so so initially it was it was pretty good. We were we were quite confident going into it. Um, and we we had our ducks in a row. We were quite organised, which which you would expect from a from a company, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think when you when you launch a Kickstarter, you, you do two things. You you kind of go, well, we're you know we're confident in our brand. We're going to go it. Doesn't matter who else is there. Um, but you also you know being quite nosy, you look around and and you say to yourself, um, what else is out? What else is coming up? What am I going to come up against? You know, Kickstarter is now a very competitive marketplace uh, and you have to consider what the impact of others is going to be because, you know, we are still small. We're relatively unknown. And um, when we announced that we were going to go to Kickstarter, we did it in in May uh, last year. And... We kind of said to ourselves, look, we, we started learning that these mm-hmm. big projects were coming out, um, Deep Madness and the likes of, and we kept sort of saying, oh, here comes another one kind of thing. And, and we, we, we decided in the end that the best thing for us to do was actually to to stay true to our word and, and be professional about it and say, look, we're not just going to put it off. Um, we're going to carry on going. We said we're going to do it. We'll do it. Um, and we did, and and, and we funded, um, and and then sort of re- returning back to my first two points, the, the second part I would say was it was quite challenging. Um, I would encourage anybody who's going to have a Kickstarter to turn notifications off. Um, <laughs> Why is this? <clears throat> the honest answer is that it is probably single most stressful thing I have ever done. Yeah. 
Um, you, you can't share that load amongst people. You know, there's an email address that um, all of the all of the correspondence goes to. So yeah. every time someone leaves and comes back or, or leaves or, or, or joins, uh, it, it tells you about it. Um, does and... it actually tell you who it was as well? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it tells does you it? The, yeah the name of the person. Well, we had we had someone uh, join and leave the campaign. You know, I think I think she, I think I think she left thirteen times. I think it was thirteen, and I think wow. she came she came back right at the death fourteen. That's 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 twenty seven notifications <laughs> just for that one person. Just for that one person, and and and, it, and it, it's it's remarkable, really. And and the reason why it's stressful is because. It, it's it's yours, you know. I mean, for those people that picked up the first podcast, and if you haven't, I suggest you do because you learn a lot about what purgatory is. It, it's our creation. It's something that's come from the, the guts of a twisted mind. And and when you put it out there and go, take me, uh, so to speak, um, <laughs> it, 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 you know, and, and people do, and then people don't, and then people might and then they don't and then you you go through that you go through an absolute blender of will they won't they it's like the nescafe adverts from the 80s on on (laughs) steroids you know it's just remarkable because during all this i mean you had um kind of external stuff kind of happening um as well, you know, you had fam, you know, you had a- you've got a little family going on now as well, and all you've kind of got all these kind of all these things which have kind of, which have kind of kind of happened. Um, I mean, did you? Does it does it take so much of your focus? I mean, were you finding it difficult to concentrate at work? Did you have to turn your like as you said, you just completely have to end up blanking the campaign, or did you set yourself a, did you set yourself time to say right, I've got to go through these comments and answer the comments or what, you know, what was your, what did you end up kind of doing? <laughs> the wife actually sat me down, um, which doesn't happen often. <laughs> um, and and she said to me, I think you should turn that off and then put it on at certain times of the day. Because what's difficult as well is that is is that when you put something out on Kickstarter, it's multinational. So, so all the British people, you know, they do what they do during the day and Europe does that too. And then when you sleep, your phone goes mental because the Americans and the Australians have woken up and they're doing their thing. So it's 24-hour harassment, I guess. Um, and, and in honesty, um, yes, it was a distraction um, because I wanted it so badly. Um, yes, I was able to filter it out and, and I found a mechanism to... to to deal with it, uh, that sounds quite bad, but it, but the, but the the amount, the sheer volume of interactions to, to use a social media norm, I suppose, um, is is remarkable. I think it was something in the region of five to six thousand emails, which each of which is a notification. By the time the uh, the, the project had finished, that's just that's an awful lot. And I mean, that, there's always <laughs> and there's the one that you're going to miss. Or did you put up a specific kind of email address for the Kickstarter campaign? Or I was an imbecile, or... and um, that's the honest answer. I was an imbecile. Um, <laughs> did you use the info at one or something? No, no, I didn't. Oh, I actually, when I what I done is I set up my own Kickstarter account and and was a Kickstarter customer, and then and then I set Purgatory up on the back of it. And then didn't realise that my personal email address was uh, was the one, shall we say? That would have been delightful. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, but it's it, you know it's a, as an experience, it, it's uh, it's a fascinating thing. You know, I feel that I could write a book on it. You know, you we we literally uh, we got to. And we made mistakes, and and I can go through what what I think we could we what we will do differently next time, um, yeah. because we will do it again, um, despite all of this, and um, and, and you know w- what we learned from it was that actually um, you can communicate to everybody, um, it doesn't help you to do that. Uh, we we uh, very much tried a professional and personal route where we responded to every single message we received, and we yeah. actually achieved that. Um, I take great pride in that. Um, 
and it, it we 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 gathered some really cool information from that and and we, we got to a point where we we funded very quickly we unlocked stretch goals people were interested and then deep madness came out and we lost four grand overnight and that was the end <laughs> how did you feel at the time then when that happened were you just like what's going on why would people dump money do you reckon the f- and do you reckon that there's the Kickstarter crowd can be a kind of a fickle bunch? Um, that there are people that will move from project to project and back others and take money off and put money back in again? Well, as you demonstrated, you've got people that have withdrawn thirteen times to only back on the last the last possible minute. It, it's I have to be careful because. Um... After, and careful is the wrong word. Respectful is probably a better word. You know, we we've met some fantastic people along the way. Um, yeah. And I've actually I've actually made some really really good friends that I talk to probably every other day um, from the Kickstarter. They are customers that just talk to me and and send me stuff. Um, you know, pictures of kittens, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, so so you have to be 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 respectful of it, but but. It's a weird thing. What, what I learned from it, and, and you might find this interesting, and, and you, you, you know, your, your listeners very much so will, is that what people do is rather than use the bookmark me function that Kickstarter has, they lump a hundred quid on, or, or, or whatever the the big thing is, um, and that's their bookmark. Um, because statistically, uh, and, and we, we've checked this and it's absolutely right, statistically what happens is you get more people leave when you post an update. Because what you do is when you post an update, you remind mm. people that they've got that pledge sitting there. And yeah. they go, actually, I don't want that anymore because I want Deep Madness, for example, or yeah. Star Saga yeah. or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. And that's something that we learn. Um, and how I've... I, I can't describe how I felt um, the morning when we very, very nearly got underneath funding um, because we just lost all those people overnight. And, and yeah, I guess there is some fickleness to it. The, the, I think a lot of the problems comes from, and, and, and again, I, I can't be too critical because you know it's a successful business model, but um, some large companies are using it as a pre-order system. Um, so it's it's very very difficult for someone like us to um, to create a, a sound business model where we can give away so much um, for 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 small value um, and guarantee it. You know, Kingdom Death, for example, was a hugely successful project the first time around, and and he lost an absolute fortune on it because he, by his own admission, you know, didn't realise that it it would go as big as it did. Yeah. Um, and had to find a way to to meet that, and and we, as you know, as two guys, couldn't couldn't risk that. So we we made a sustainable model that we knew we could deliver. And, and you know, when we get on to our progress um, against the Kickstarter, I think has been validated. Um, but it's a it's an absolute roller coaster. You, you, I mean, we had one guy. We had a twelve. We had a twelve hundred pound pledge. Um, it's a silly amount of money. Um, and 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 you know you have it because everyone else does, um, and, and literally num- number three uh, pledge when the thing first opened was for twelve hundred quid. I remember seeing that, and I was thinking, this is there was two parts of me that thought this is somebody that is um, you know a big you know a big backer of these things and believes in the project, and there was another part of me that thought um, you know this was a close friend who was really wanting to support the project and and I saw it kind of went and I went oh that was uh, you know it was a huge amount because did it how quickly did they kind of unback from there 48 hours I think uh, I seem to remember yeah, it was 48 hours the, the weird thing was it I think what people do is I think there was an earnesty to that person um, I think what people do is they they lump in to help it break stretch goals because yeah. people are all about value, um, and and it's important. It was part of the big, you know, the model we built for it. And and the more value people can get, the and the more stretch goals they can unlock, and the more free models that are included, then then by lumping big volumes of cash on like that, 
will help smash those through and increase value for them. So even if they drop their pledge back down to £200, by virtue of lots of big pledges, they may actually now get more for their money, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that makes that makes kind of total, total sense. I mean, um, when, I mean, did you, you're at the point where you potentially might go back under funding again. Mm. I mean, what's going through your mind? Are you thinking about pulling the plug? Um, I remember us having a, you know, a kind of conversation going, what the hell's going on here? You know, is it this thing? Is it that thing? You know, um, it was it was difficult, if I'm honest with you, fella. It, it really was. I mean, we did nearly, um, because the the four grand um, was a blow, and then that was accentuated by um, the you know fifty, sixty, seventy you know reductions or emails that were cancelling the service. You know what I mean? The cancelling their commitment. Um, and and it made it very difficult, and we kept looking at it and going, you know, what aren't we doing right? And and yeah. we would we just glanced over at what else was out in the market, and we were at the time we felt unfortunate, but since that time, so many people have said for you to have funded as a small company in and amongst all of these other things is actually you know impressive in its own right. Um, because we did go up against Deep Madness, we did go up against Star Saga, we went up against Moonstone. Um, you know, we went up against. I think at one point there were third. I mean, Armored Syndicate was live when uh, when we were there as well. All oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. I know Ben quite well. Uh, we've done a crossover in the end, and <coughs> we it, it's it was a very very challenging time, and and so when we nearly dipped under funding, we looked at it and went, if we if we drop beneath. Um, funding then then we can't do this actually do we stop it and stop wasting people's time and stop wasting our time and we go back to the drawing board and look at where we went wrong or do we stop it and, and launch a time where there might be less giants about and actually when we first decided to launch there weren't that many giants about so there was yeah, no was, guarantee if you know what I mean that, <clears throat> sorry that's what I was going to ask is and I've got a bit of phlegm in my throat. Lovely. Um, it's uh, hot stuff. Um, it does <laughs> deepen my voice, though, which is always good. You know, welcome to Jazz Club. <laughs> um, nice. Um, what I was going to say is, do you think, well, based on what's happening in the last 18 months, do you think that Kickstarter is becoming, moving away slightly from its original kind of goal? which was to allow companies with no capital at all to bring an idea to the table and for people to kind of put money out there. I think you're right. I think Kickstarter is something altogether different. The problem you have is that, you you know, let's let's imagine, um, dear audience, that, that we are the CEO of, um, of Kickstarter and someone brings a, a complaint to our table that says, dear, dear so-and-so, you know, this company is using it as a continuous pre-order system. And then you sort of look at your secretary and go, well, what did that project do? And they say, four million. And you go, do we get 10% of that? And you, they go, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so let's get this right. We've got 40 grand from them just using our website. Yeah, pretty much. And and yeah. the thing is, the big companies, let's face it, you know, accounting is a ball ache. Um, <laughs> so yeah. you, for, for, the, for 10% of your, of your revenue, you get a debt collection service that's, you know, pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like you either get your stuff or what we do is after, you know, after a week, if you've, you know, if you for, or for if you're one of these people that you haven't kind of, um, if you've not put the right payment method, then you need to correct it or there's not enough funds in your account, then basically we switch off your pledge and, and that's you gone, you know, you're out of the you're out of the ring. There's a flaw um, to that, though. There is a flaw to that. I mean, as a, as a company owner, and actually, you know, I'm a salesman as well. Um, you know, you, you look at whenever you sell anything, you look at what value you get in return or what value is your return on investment for this. And so we paid 8% of, of our Kickstarter. Um, and I was disappointed is a polite way of putting it. We had um, £1,600 pounds worth of pledges that people didn't pay. 
So imagine a situation. I'm going to I'm going to simplify it. But if if you needed a pound to to buy a Mars bar, and yeah. you asked ten people for ten pence each, and yeah. ten people committed to giving you ten pence each, and then when it all closed down, two of those people didn't pay. The problem you've got is that technically, because they'd committed, Kickstarter registered you as having a pound. So you reached your funding target. But then afterwards, two people didn't pay. You've still got to go and buy that Mars bar, but you've got to do it for ATP now. Right, okay. And what happened to us is that we funded to 14,000, whatever it was, and then 1,600 pounds worth of people didn't pay. And that would have have taken, basically taken us under funding. And... Well, it did take us under the funding limit we needed, so we've had to find that difference. All oh, right, okay. Which do is you think? Hard. Oh, sorry, I was I was going to say, do you think then that there should be maybe a a two tier Kickstarter system, which you've got like almost like a a Kickstarter service for the old and weathered kind of Kickstarter companies. You know, the guys that will turn up kind of campaigns once every six months, say, you know, who are just coming on and saying, look, here's our here's our latest campaign. We want, you know, we we need a hundred grand. We know we're going to make 1.2 million or whatever, but everybody kind of knows it's a pre-order type thing. And there would be another section on Kickstarter to say, well, here's the, here's the new bright and shinies. And these are all guys which, you know, are brand new. To, I've only done maybe two or three projects, and and you kind of focus because I, again, it's and this is terrible because I can't. I'm stand. I'm standing in a place where I have backed big. I have backed decent sized projects. I've backed guys which have never kind of funded a game before, um, and it's I can't. It's I. I and if that if that works for them, if Cool Mini or not are producing great games that everybody enjoys and they're all everybody's really really happy with it, then that's fantastic. But then on the other side of it, if the Kickstarter mechanism seems to be well, here's the most popular games and all you have in the top row are all the kind of the the big hitters, then surely you're you're more likely to put the money on the big hitters. It's a, it's maybe, a, it's a difficult one, Richard. If I'm honest with you, chap, because because you know sim- simply speaking, if the, there's you know, I admired the thought, but it wouldn't work because um, people, some people are lazy. Um, and I, I include myself in that. So, you know, I'm not being, I'm not being harsh, but I don't think anyone would care one bit if it was in a separate bracket. They would still go looking for what they want, wanted. Um, I think what I would have expected from Kickstarter, being brutally honest, is is if you pay 8% and people don't pay, that shouldn't come out of your pocket. It should perhaps come out of theirs. Um, they're the ones providing the service. So if the service fails, you kind of think that you should be covered as if it's an insured, an insured service, if that makes sense. Um, you know, for example, if you purchase a model from somebody um, and it doesn't arrive or it arrives broken, you expect them to replace it or at least reimburse you. Yeah, no, um, that's true. Yeah. So, so you know, you kind of expect that given Kickstarter makes these huge volumes of cash, um, that that actually in the event that um, you know cash wasn't collected successfully because someone entered the incorrect bank details or, or erroneous de- data, then you would kind of expect at least some level of protection. I'm not suggesting it should be all because you know Kickstarter can't expose themselves to massive quantities of risk, but you would expect there to be some level. Um, of sort of you know um, comfort, I suppose. Uh, for, mm. for, but 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 the what I have noticed about Kickstarters is that the backlash is growing. Um, the the companies that are using it as a pre order system, the comments sections are fierce. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't condone that. Um, and actually, it, it kind of brings me quite tidily on to to something else that's. That's part of Kickstarter, and it, it, it's something that that bubbles under the surface, and is actually quite unpleasant. Um, but it's um, it's 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 a growing swell, and I think the only way they can really fix it is if Kickstarter sort of demanded a premium for companies that have different degrees of turnover. So, if for example, you have a 
you know, five, six, seven million turnover, then then you should pay a higher premium for your for using Kickstarter because actually that would in, in one simple step, big companies would probably still use it because they wouldn't care about those two or three percent because they just build it into it. But yeah. it, but at least it separates out the smaller companies and gives them a firm platform because because ultimately bigger companies are able to drive more traffic because they've got a bigger following and because they do that they're higher on kick track which means they drive more traffic to them naturally yeah so it's kind of like a vicious circle really and i think you know that's a mechanism that kickstarter could apply um that might make a difference i mean has it okay going i mean going forward i mean for you i guess looking at future products projects mm. Has the kind of the Kickstarter experience for you kind of went? I'm gonna have second thoughts about running something again across Kickstarter, or are you just saying, well, listen, there was a couple of factors that kind of kicked in at the time which maybe didn't help, but I'm still gonna jump in, potentially using Kickstarter for the next project. Um, I can't be bitter about Kickstarter. You know that everything. Um. Well, no, nothing is perfect. We we made so many mistakes, Richard, we, and I don't mind admitting that. You know, the fact that we've come out the other end, the fact that we're at where we're at with with our fulfilment, and 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 actually, you know, we are well on track to probably fulfil three months early. Um, just goes to show that even without, even with the problems that you get, and even with the uh, you know the potential situations that we had it, it is still possible to to deliver something you know substantial um via this platform and we will go back to kickstarter but we certainly won't do it for a month and i certainly won't have the notifications going to my email address <laughs> um, i tell you what give, give us your personal email address and we'll just put it out to I'll everybody what, and anybody so you, what, you can get just <laughs> you, you would find it an eye opener uh, it, it, the, the other thing is we we won't reply to everybody, um, because because actually what you do then is you you reply to people and then you hope that actually your your decision. I mean we we, we tried the route of asking people that left why they left, and we got some really valuable feedback as to why they decided to leave purgatory, and we were able to do something with that. But we won't do that this time because we're now more more seasoned in, in understanding what we need. The other thing, and, and the honest truth is, when we build a mechanism, you know, we'd had six models sculpted by the time that um, we went to Kickstarter. I've now got sitting behind me um, 20 um, models sculpted, and there are only 25 to do, and, and there are only now two left to be finished um, because the rest are all done. And um, the next time we go to Kickstarter, you know, we can now do that different approach where we can say to people, look, you know, um, everything that's unlocked is free. Because we've, we've because we've we've covered that initial expense, the, the cost to sculpt these models is a, is, is, is a huge percentage of, of the cost of the of cost of the models themselves. And yeah. once you've got those in the bank and once they're paid for. You know, the cost to actually produce the models themselves is in manufacture copies of them. It is yeah. relatively low. Um, so, you you know, you can calculate the risk and say, actually, do you know what? If you spend £50, and I'm not saying this is what we're going to do numbers-wise, but I'm picking numbers out of the air. You know, this time around, our, our, our method is very much going to be, look, buy, you know, buy it for whatever the price is, and then everything that unlocks after that is just free. It's included. That's pretty cool. And we're going to give That's people cool. two options. It's going to be, you know, and everybody who returns as a, as from the backing the first one will get a free model the next time from the range. They'll just get something for free for coming back and supporting Purgatory a second time. But there'll be two hmm. options. One will be, um, I was here first, um, just give me everything new. And the other one will be, I just want everything else. Um, so so we, we won't, um, we won't, penalize people have already bought the product by reducing the value of their spend with diluting it with models they already have we'll just offer two options so that the maximum value is garnered yeah did you um did you feel that you had a lot of different kind of goals that are rewards that people could select did you think that was too many did you think it was 
Was there a bit of confusion about it? I mean, it sounds like you're really looking to stream that down yeah, for the next campaign. I think so. I think we offered, we looked at other models, you know, we'd have been foolish not to. Um, and, and we looked at other models at the time, other successful models, and, and they had all these different options and stuff. And and perhaps, actually, um, we, we overcomplicated it a little bit. Um, I certainly won't offer the choose any model for £10. Um, we actually gave away a model to everybody uh, that spent £10 or more. Um, so there were a lot of things that we done that, that, you know, that didn't help us to drive traffic. Um, what drives traffic is stretch goals and more free models. I mean, that, that's as simple as it is. And yeah. Uh, which is which is bad because you know a lot of the a lot of the the negativity that we got was from people just sort of shouting at us and saying you just don't offer me a hundred models and and you know the the answer was you're absolutely right we don't um you know your hundred models you've got actually twelve different models with with you know eight to ten of each um you know they are a plastic you know, resin hybrid that you often see people complaining about when they get their boxes and go, oh, his legs moulded into his arm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, you know, we've got high-quality resin models sculpted by some of the best sculptors in Europe currently. Um, and and they are good for painting, uh, uh, you know, at a tournament as they are um, for playing on the gaming board. So I suppose we are, uh, I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound sort of aloof, but there's a higher-quality product potentially on offer. And with that comes a cost. Um, so, yes, I think we we probably got it wrong last time. We know that we got it wrong last time. Um, and, and this time it will be a much shorter campaign. It will be very focused on on, um, on on what we're trying to achieve. So it will be bringing new factions to the fore. Um, you're going to see the gangbangers. You're going to see the refugees of religion. Um, they're going to be out there. Um, we've already started doing some of the models for those. Um, and we're going to start completing people's collections so they can really start changing the models around and, and interacting with different factions and whatnot. So um, we we already know what we're going to do. So let's, okay, so let's switch this up a gear because mm. we have kind of been about, ooh, Kickstarter. <laughs> when, in all fairness, you know, I like Kickstarter, you like Kickstarter, you know, it's... It's a platform that's there and, you know, it's done a lot of good work for what it does. But let's talk about where you are in the campaign because there's still... I mean, you aren't talking like a defeated guy. You're talking about a guy that's had a, you know, they would, the X-Factor thing. They would go, you've been on a journey. That's what's happened <laughs> with you, Gary. You've I feel been like David on a Hay. journey. You've been on a journey and you've went out the other side. That's what's happened to you. <laughs> and... um that's the worst. That's that. I'm actually, I'm going to claim that's not bad. That's not um, bad. That's not bad. Not bad at all. It's that's what happens when you work when your uh, wife's from Northern Ireland, but she doesn't actually speak like that. Wow. So that's the worst thing. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, moving swiftly on. But you've been through the other side. You're, you know, you're fighting fit. You don't sound like you're defeated. You sound still very, very passionate for what you're doing. So what's happening then? Lay it on the table. Tell us what's going on. Where are we with the project? We've um, we've been lauded actually. You know, we we send updates out pretty much every week. You know, where there isn't one every week, there's one every other. Um, we tell people every time a new model comes out, we give them an update. Um, we've updated people about um where we are every single week and, and and where we are is simply this you know there are 25 models uh, to make as part of the kickstarter uh, 23 of them are made um one is quite difficult stevie wonder's piano um <laughs> we've uh, we've we've had that done digitally by a chap called fraser who is incredibly talented um and uh that uh, you know everything we've done to date has been traditional so this was something new for us um and and you know we've worked very closely with the guys um at, at paranoid miniatures actually and and we've shared some learning together um as we're friends so um that's been quite useful and the the models themselves are like i say almost done we've just released uh, another model work in progress because we we understand that all of these people are going to be waiting for their box, but they know what's in their box. 
so we think there needs to be another new model to be looking forward to you know that the progress can't stop so so there is another model um that's on its way um that will be out very soon uh the artwork all of the gifts of the gods cards are done um i can tell you that i need just over fourteen thousand gift of the gods cards um, I know because I've counted all the pledges up. Are you, draw, are you drawing them individually, or are you doing a photocopy thing? Well, are the, you doing a scanner? No, no, no. I've got to. Um, I've got to get them all at mine, then, and I've got to sit there like, like you know, like the worst card player in the world, who's you know, and and just put them all into sets. Um, you take them down to Tesco's and getting the memory card out and saying, how many would you like to print? Yeah, 14,000, 14,000, please. please. Yeah, thanks. Oh, and by the way, I'm just going to go and change all of my pennies in that machine over there to get 20 quid <laughs> exactly. out to pay you. <laughs> exactly. Just stand there like a what? Um, <laughs> we, we need a phenomenal amount of cards, um, which is great. Which is and the, and the artwork, I mean, the artwork is just... You know, we've got we've got three people that have been doing them for us. No, four, uh, and and the it's the quality of the artwork. But and 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 I'm childish. I am absolutely childish. And the gift of the gods cards just are childish. You know, we have in the Halloween set, for example, uh, a card called Tricked and Treated. Um, treated is just a reflection of kids that have been viciously fed skittles by a babysitter who's about to go home. Um, <laughs> you know. It, it, the, the models just, you know, buzz around the board like they're high on Skittles. Um, that sounds fantastic. You know, we've got uh, we've got all sorts of stuff. There's an incredible story I can tell you. Um, it's it's off piece, but you will love it. Um, I used to live with a guy called Dom, um, and uh, he he said to me one day, he said, "Can you come in my room, please?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I said. Okay, so I wandered in, and he said, "Wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it." There, there, can you hear it? And, and I could. There was this, there was this pang, and yeah, Dom's a Dom's a bright chap, uh, and I sort of said to him, you know, um, this uh, this noise is uh, you've had your light on all day, mate. You've got a metal lampshade. It's you've turned the light off. It's contracting and it's shrinking, and that's what the noise is. And he accepted that, and he moved on. Yeah. Anyway, we sat in his room another day playing, you know, Xbox, whatever it was, and uh, the thing just rattled like there was a fly in it, banging around. There was no fly. There was something going on. Now, now, Don, bless him, will go and watch films like The Grudge on his own at the cinema at midnight on Halloween. He hates horrors, but he'll do that to himself because he's a fool. <laughs> um, and um, so he he believed this thing was the demon shade. Um, and 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 we had to get rid of it. So we it, it got taken down. I had to take it down. He wouldn't go near it. Um, and we we put it in the garage. Anyway, I used to I used to run a oh, games club dear. called Legion. And and Dom said, look, I want rid of that thing. I want it away. Let's put it in the raffle. Uh, we'd done yeah. this childish raffle basically. Um, and Dom won the Demon Shade, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a remarkable event in itself. Um, did you fix that? No, no, we didn't. The no, no, we didn't. It, it, it did wasn't. you go? Did you hand it over to him and go? Din, 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 Do you know din. what he done? That noise. He 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 literally went white as a sheet. Um, <laughs> and and then he, he he literally at the end of the night he ran outside and he threw it into the car park and just like yeah. you know, like like I need to get rid of it now. It's got to go. Um, at that point, I wish I'd have picked it up, driven home really quickly, and put it on his bed, and then exited oh, the that house. That would have been hilarious. Do you know what you should have done? You should have actually went out and sourced another two or three of them. Oh god, <laughs> like they're bread. It'd be amazing. Can you imagine that if you'd like? He went right, right. That's it. We're gonna, we're gonna take it. We're gonna take it down the tip, and we're gonna smash it up, and then we're gonna bury it, and then we're gonna pour various stuff on it. Um, and then on the way, and then on the way home, you just text somebody and say, "Go and stick the shade up." <laughs> it would have been brilliant. He um, just, he just walked back into his room and he go. <laughs> I know. He just he melted. He absolutely melted when we gave oh, him the demon so... shade after the uh, after the thing. But um, and I, and I've completely lost where I was um, by telling you that story. But no, we are. We, we, the, the childishness is that we have the demon shade as a gift of the gods card. Um, and and and, oh. and the rules. I mean, he he doesn't know this, um, but we're going to slip one in his set uh, as as a bit of a giggle. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, basically, what it does, it just, it just, you know, target model within range doesn't benefit from cover whatsoever as the demon shade lights them up, kind of thing. Um, so we're taking sort of personal experiences and, and in jokes and childishness to the next level. Um, you know, we have a card called Gandhi's flip flop. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> you just you just got really really bad morning breath, and it's a flame template. Um, you know that kind of stuff. Um, so it's all it's all a bit it's all a bit tongue in cheek. So how close are we to? Um, you said you're early, potentially three months early. Yeah, we are. We so... we we just got on with it. Um, a lot of people have asked me, uh, "Do you do this alone?" I said, "No, no, Aiden's Aiden's uh, Aiden's with me," but. Aiden doesn't have a computer, um, which, well, he does. He has every single console known to man. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't have a computer. And he collects Super Nintendo games. Um, but he doesn't have a PC. Um, has he still got his Monopoly thing going on? Oh, mate, don't even go there. He, he's uh, He's got another new one recently. He's catalogued them all now. If you go into his garage, he has yeah. he has DVDs in there. And they're all yeah. and they're they're by genre. So you've got comedy in one corner, you've got thriller in the next, and they're all alphabeticalized. And they're all in those plastic things you get at like um the range, you know, the the clip um yeah. boxes. Um and he's got all these Monopoly ones in there as well. Uh he's just he's just remarkable. Why has he got them in his garage? What happens if it gets damp and wet? What happens if the garage leaks? I would probably say that his garage is nicer than his house. It's a fortified mansion. Um, oh, it's, you know, it's a got proper, a, proper man cave. It's got triple, triple Celotex and you know foil back plasterboard that's double thickness. Really? Uh, no, I, I joke, but uh, it, it, it's pretty close, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it is. You're saying you're joking, but he's been thinking about that. Has he mentioned to it casually in the pub? Has he said to the side? What do you think about triple layer um, back foiled kind of uh, plasterboard? He hasn't said that, yeah. but, but I've asked him. I've, he said, "No, no, no. They're all, they're all organised. I check on them regularly." Oh, okay, all right. Mate. You know, just in case you know, like someone moves them in your night in the sleep, in your sleep, and like re reorganises them and put them puts them. That in was the because that was the best opening to an episode ever. Because it's like, oh, do you play like you know rubbish games like Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> and then there was this the silence. It's like actually, I collect them, and it's like. Okay. Yeah, we found something here, boys. Red alert. Red no, no, alert. exactly. And I was like, no, I actually remember saying, no, 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 let's talk about Monopoly. Because normally folk just go, that's ah, just Monopoly, isn't it? Let's just move on and talk about something else. But we actually had a really, really decent conversation. So if you go back to the 15th of September last year, and if you've got an hour and one minute and 22 seconds to, speak, to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, have a listen to the... Um, have a listen to the episode and listen to Eamon, Aiden wax lyrical about his Monopoly set. It's fantastic. I do serve and I'm him. Just... I do serve him my winner's mug every time he comes round. Really? Yeah, it's got to be done. It's just banter. Oh, just fantastic. It's just banter. Fantastic. So, so yeah. So we we are we are with with so so in terms of progress, we have a box, we have a cover, we have a back, we have sides. That's always a good start. Um, yes. We've ordered all the dice. That's the easy part. Um, we the pledge manager was 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 remarkably uh, popular. Actually, we've done nearly five thousand pounds on the pledge manager, um, which which really boosted things up a little bit. Um, that's that's because you funded about. Wow, that's that's really good. That's almost like a third of what you yeah, it funded is. at. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and the pledge manager went absolutely nuts. Um, and we've offered all sorts of things on there. We actually had people asking us for an artwork book, for example, and we we're producing an artwork book, the art yep. of purgatory. Um. So yeah, so box is done, dice is done, cards uh, will be finished this weekend. Once you get to Tesco's. Yeah, once you get to Tesco's, um, you know, uh, poor little bugger on the till is going to be... Uh, <laughs> exactly. He's going to hate my guts. Um, There's a barcode on the back of every one of them, so he's got to scan all 14,000. Oh, God, do you know what? I would video that. Um, the, uh, the, the, the cards are done. Uh, this, this, we, we create these things called random cards. So what we've done with the random cards is we've, we've included Gift of the Gods cards and character cards... Uh, that you can't get yet. They are very much beta cards. Um, so it gives you the opportunity to play with characters um, 
un, you know, in an unwizzywig fashion, uh, and just see what the new character is going to be like. So you can really start looking forward to what's coming next. Um, That's pretty cool. So the cards are done. The models, like I said, are done. Um, the rules are finished. They are finalised, and they were proofread at the weekend. Um, Did you change them a lot? Because I noticed that um, in the playtesting kind of group that you came in and says, oh, we've uh, we've done some changes to ra- range combat now, we've done a couple of changes to here. Did you find that, you know, having the playtesting group ru- uh, kind of running up and running and working helped kind of finalise a lot of the rules because you had different eyes looking at them? Yeah, it was interesting. I, I sort of had a bit of a grizzle and said, <sighs> and I had like, 30 people come back and tell me all these comments about the, I mean we had people you know a little shout out to Jason to Alan in particular uh, Alex um who who read the rules back to front and then just sent the sent the word document back with comments everywhere um and I sort of said to a couple of people I know who've also run kickstarters and games and they just went mate that's like you know 27 more than we had and we're big um, you know, we 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 had a phenomenal um, degree of feedback, and 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 we had to make a decision. You know, when we first wrote the rules, they were a mighty sixty-four pages of A4. Um, you know, that's just the rules. I mean, that's a remarkable amount of of reading to do. It's now down to a slick and and svelte racing snake that's uh, forty-three pages of A5. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a decent reduction. That's half the size and ten percent off the page. Well, more than that, actually. Absolutely. That's a that's a decent that's a decent cut down. And it includes artwork as well. So like you know, some pages are interspaced by artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more images in there. We got asked for more imagery. We got asked for tables. Um, we simplified the game. We made a decision where we said we're going to make this matter of fact, and we're going to take away all the fluff. Which is the nice sort of chatty stuff that makes it kind of cool and you know trying to pretend that games designers are actually interesting. Um, so we changed all that and we decided that we were going to have a background bit at the front instead, um, which is in the final stages of being completed. So oh, cool. so when you get the rule book, you'll get you know sort of twenty, I think it's twenty eight pages of of how purgatory became the age of purgatory. You know what the gods are all about. How they how they do their thing. I can talk about that in a bit of detail if you want. But um, and then and then you get uh, you know the back sections, the rules, um, so that you can you know you can play the game and, and learn. And, it, and and we've we've upgraded the quality of it, so it's going to be like a perfectly bound uh, book rather than a, a stapled you know rule book kind of thing. Um, so so we've 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 made massive efforts, and and to have that proofread and in hand is a is a huge step for us. Um, because it, and it sounds it sounds like you're gonna end up with some delighted and very very happy backers, considering the amount of um, active feedback you guys seem to be kind of getting as kind of getting as well. We we get um, when we put updates out, we get people say thank you because you know apparently and I, and, I, and I don't know whether this is true or not, but people seem to suggest that Kickstarter's finish and then you know they don't hear anything for months and months and months. Um, I think we've bucked that trend by just giving people just constant updates to say you know, this is where we want it. we want people to be inspired or have confidence in our ability to deliver this thing. You know, it was close to not happening, and and actually we made a mistake of saying that. So we now need to to make sure people trust us as as people they've given their hard earned money to to actually deliver something to them that that you know you would want to go and buy off a shelf yourself. Um, and, we, and we think that's really important. So we are, every time we can upgrade something or improve the quality of it, that, that is exactly what we're doing. You still, I mean, you still sound excited. You still got a kind of an appetite for what you're doing. I mean, what is next um, for Underestimated then? So so some things have happened, actually. Um, there's a company in Germany called Fischkrieg. Uh, okay. which is an awesome name. Um, those guys are now official retailers of underestimated games. They stock all of the models. Um, you can get them from uh, any... Uh, well, you can get it from their web store. Um, 
we also have a company, and this name is glorious. Um, they're called the Emporium of Rare and Remarkable Gaming. Um, <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Oh, it's remarkable. These guys. He's a really nice guy. He was a, he was a backer on the Kickstarter, um, and and he's now stocking uh, Purgatory, uh, the range of Purgatory, in his store. Um, and and so so things have really kicked on. Um, there's been a lot of interest in in the range as we bring more and more out. I think when I paint them or when other people paint them, it kicks it on another bit. Um, so we're at Salute, um, having attended uh, Dragon Meet and uh, South East London War Games last year uh, quite successfully. Um, we're back at Salute this year, which we're really really looking forward to. Um, because we want to benchmark it against the previous year. You know, last year we had five models, um, a packet of fags, and a three-legged dog. Um, this this year we've got twenty models, um, and and Aiden and, and Gary wearing our finest Monopoly attire. So, um, you know, we, we 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 think we can we think we can. It would be good to see how we how we do this year versus last year, um, and then. We've already discussed what we want to do for um, for next year, uh, for the next Kickstarter, sorry. So we, we think we're going to go back around about August. It will be a, a two-week campaign. Uh, we'll be releasing more factions for people um, so that there's uh, new models to play with and new things to look forward to. There'll be more scenarios. We will uh, advance the story on um, as well as we introduce other characters and other worlds so um, for those people that have heard the previous podcast um, or who go back and listen to it, um, you know, Purgatory is not just about Earth. We, we've given ourselves the ability to bring other entities in it. Um, a wonderful play on words appeared to me whilst I was in Hampstead Tube Station. Um, and we have a race called the Hemogoblins rather than the Hemoglobin. Oh, what? Stop it. Yeah, yeah, we have we have that, we have that, we have that. Um, That's just ridiculous. And, and it and, and it just appeared, you know. Um, these guys are are from a different planet. They're they're within our they're within our universe. They're within our realm. Um, they've come via the portals. They're incredibly weak. Um, they're killing themselves because they 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 crave the sustenance that only a body can give. Um, and and that actually ours is oxygen rich, so they want ours in particular. But actually, accelerates their demise. Um, they're big, oh, right, gangly okay. creatures. Um, they're very slow, very ponderous, and and actually, it's enabled us to create rules in games. So, for example, they will feed if a model dies nearby. Um, they have to, um, though they work in packs, and and they're, and they're quite sort of they're quite sort of ruthless when when you're mm-hmm. isolated, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so we know what's next. There's going to be some snippets in there uh, in the rule book. There'll be some 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 nods to to future stories. There'll be a big uh, story. You have a really good understanding about how purgatory came about, what the gods are about, um, you know, why we were even created in the first place, um, and, and really about what's going to happen next. So, there's a lot to look forward to. We're we're exploring as well. This. This takes a lot of work. Um, we're exploring the introduction of a progressive campaign at some point as well. So you'll be able to use these models and you'll be able to play predetermined uh, campaign scenarios where you pick up other characters along the way. So, for example, you might start as Keisha and she, you, yeah. you might start lost um, in, a, in a backyard somewhere and then you sort of amble around and by completing various missions and tasks you, you, you bring your faction together and then you might can, you know, encounter an angel and you've got to take it down kind of thing um, so so we've got lots of ideas we, we are sensible, passionate about yeah. it so, so yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're trying to we're, we, we always said we always always said that we want purgatory to be something that that people can can keep going back to that's fresh that gives people uh, something unique each time they play it, um, and and you know the game we've we've done a lot of playtesting and and actually, yeah okay some characters have been broken but you expect that when you're building a game but the rules themselves haven't been and and every time we've asked people they've actually really enjoyed it um, thoroughly in fact so so I think we're doing something right. And you're happy with where you are now then? I mean ultimately the person that I spoke to back in. Um, September, which you should go back and listen to that, folks, because it's a good episode. Just you know, go for the Monopoly, but stay for the Purgatory chat because <laughs> both Gary and Aidan give a massively beautiful backstory to how Purgatory actually came about, 
so you should listen to that anyway. But I mean, based on what you know now, I mean, you sound con- you sound contented to where you kind of are now, and you sound positive to where you kind of are now. Is that where you are, kind of with with you know the the business at the moment? Yeah, I think so. I was talking to to the chaps from from Paranoid and. You literally, you go from, sometimes from hour to hour, from day to day, from week to week, and and, and one week you face challenges um, where, you know, a, a good example is, is Moloch, who is a huge model. I mean, he is huge. I have him, he's arrived, and I'm, and I'm going to put him together, actually. Um, when, we, when we estimated what his cost would be, we took a lot of people's considerations on board, and he came out more expensive, a, a lot more expensive. And then yeah. you realise that's that's the, that's bottom line. You've got to find that, you know, to deliver this project. Um, mm. And then and then the, you know the next week you've got a you've got a brand new retailer who, who's taken 120 models from you, um, or you know you've got a, a fantastic piece of artwork that lands and you go, do you know what? I know exactly where I'm going to put that. Um, yeah. And and I think the the hardest thing about doing a Kickstarter is is challenge before you do it challenge yourself challenge your ability to compartmentalize you have to be able to switch off and and you cannot complete each task uh, by rote you can't just go right i'm going to do that and it's done i'm going to do that and it's done you know we have got seven artists that work for us uh, uh, you know on an on an on and off basis you know i have five sculptors that work for me i have a printing company that works for me i have you know all these different people that interact with you um, or you need to interact with on a daily, weekly, you know, bi-weekly, monthly basis, uh, and they all—it's a—it's—it's it's project management to to the nth degree. But you're 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 not only are you a designer, you're a creator, you're a manager, you're a supply chain manager, and you're an accountant all at once. Um, <laughs> because you know, I mean, it, it, just just to break that down, you know. We we design the characters and we send them off to an artist. So you know you subcontract that out, and then you monitor, you manage that process until you're satisfied with the art that comes back. Um, you know we then create the rules. So we're a game designer, and then we play test those rules. So we're then gamers again, and then we're guys that have got to get a piece of artwork to a sculptor um, who's going to then turn that into a model, and you've got to go. That scales a bit off. That needs tweaking. That needs moving. That needs changing. You know, you manage that whole process over what could be two, three weeks, or a month, and then once that's done, you you're you're a, you're a, you're a supply chain by getting it to the to the manufacturer and asking for X number of them, and then you're back and you're a salesman, which you know I can fall into quite easy, and and you're out there and you're telling people about this new model and how they want it, and you know you, then you then I'm a painter because I've got to paint these models to make people see that what they can look like when you know if they if they take time to paint them and and then you're an accountant because we're a limited company and we have to pay the tax man so um you know there's a there's a lot to it um and i'm i'm immensely proud of purgatory um it, it had a very tough start um but it its future is only as good as the passion that we're prepared to instill in yeah and no, and you sound you sound very, very, very passionate as well, which is which is good. I appreciate that. That's that's, that's kind of you, and I'm I'm glad it comes across because we're committed to this, um, and and we think we've got something good. So, so for the folk that have listened tonight, and they want to keep a track of things and and keep an eye on you guys, remind us again where's the best place to find you. On the interwebs and internets. Please don't judge us by our website. <laughs> um, we, we're upgrading that. We're talking to people at the moment uh, to change that. Um, when you're a small company, you, you you get friends to help out, and and a friend helped out in a great job. But we need direct access to it, and we need to update it more frequently because we do so much now. Um, yeah. It's become so much more. Um, you know, we have a website. It is www.purgatory-miniatures.co.uk. Um, uh-huh. We have a Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com uh, forward slash Purgatory Miniatures. Um, you can find us on Instagram, um, and you can find us on Twitter at, at Purgatory Minis. 
Um, mm-hmm. So you can get us anywhere uh, in all those places. We, we post in a number of different groups. Um, you know, we would encourage you to come and have a little look. We have a range that that consists of a nun with a riot shield and a baton to a granny wielding scissors with long socks to a play on the clown. The clown. The clown. Um, oh, I need to tell you about your story. Um, the clown. Um, who's got some balloons and a Tommy gun to to Jess, who's got an Acme hammer that launches a, a boxing glove at you. You know, it is as <laughs> it is as broad as you can possibly get, um, and and there is something for everybody there. We can absolutely assure you of that. So check it out and have a look. Now, if you want to keep an eye on what we're doing, and I. Uh, really don't understand why why so many of you are um you can you can go visit our website which is we're not wizards.com you can email us which is magic at we're not wizards.com or .co.uk we're on facebook we're not wizards we're on twitter we're not wizards we're on instagram we're not wizards we're on all the lovely podcast places like stitcher and acast and we're also on itunes and if you like what you hear tonight and as we always say, we'd love it if you kind of jumped onto iTunes and gave us a review. But don't give us a 10, because that'll make us big-headed. And don't give us a 1, because that'll make us cry. But give us a 5, because that's kind of in the middle. It's a bit average. It's just like us. We're just a bit average. Uh, <laughs> we're also on YouTube as well. Well, you know, might as well tell the truth. You know, well, yeah. everybody else. Well, everybody else is the best board gaming podcast you'll ever listen to. We're kind of like, well, you know, we'll let them struggle along at being the best, and we'll just kind of just amble along, you know, slightly clueless but with a grin on our face. Um, we are also uploading all of our um, previous episodes to YouTube as well. They will be on playlists, and Gary Devereaux will be joining the playlist soon, which will be under Repeat Offenders. <laughs> Jail number nine six nine. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Devereaux, give your name. Number seven two eight four two three. You have been found guilty of gross modeliness and paintiness, and you shall be sentenced to twenty five years. Um, no. Of cleaning models. Twenty five years cleaning. of cleaning other people's models. Games Workshop ones. That oh, have been fine, done cast. fine cast. Fine cast. <laughs> <laughs> Games Workshop ones that have been done in gloss oh. and you've got a toothbrush oh. and, af- and every day you've got to use the same toothbrush to clean your teeth as well so it's nice and minty and painty so there you go Wow, um, <laughs> Gary as always it's always a pleasure to speak to you you're, a top, you're, you're genuinely a really nice guy that I have a lot of time for and uh, we it was good to have you back on and catch up. It's always good to find out where the campaigns, what happens on the other side. And this was as interesting as um, I was expecting it was going to be, which is very interesting indeed. Um, but just again, thank you for, for coming along. There are only, I guess, two more things to do. Um, three more things to do, I guess. The first thing is to remember that I completely missed our normal nonsense intro, which I'm kind of happy I did. Um, secondly, is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Gary? We're never wizards. We're never wizards. Never wizards. Stay away from me, wizards. I've got an entire gang of people from various levels of heaven and hell that are going to kick your ass. <laughs> well, in fairness, in fairness, I must add to that, there is nothing worse than a wizard sleeve. Oh, <laughs> what? So, I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that in because it's brilliant. Um, stay away from wizard sleeves. There you go. That's the reason. <laughs> you don't know what's up there. <laughs> um, and secondly, it's the other thing that's left is to say is to say goodbye. So it's a it's a goodbye from the rather foul mouthed Gary Devereaux. <laughs> And it's a good night from from prisoner nine two seven four eight. I'm going back to cleaning models and brushing my teeth. Thank you. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, rule sixes: stay safe, 
and uh, watch out for the battle between heaven and hell because it could be closer than you think. But until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.